everyone and welcome to the inaugural episode of Football a la Turca. This is going to be a weekly episodic cast about the Turkish Football Super League. Uh, that's the top flight in Turkey. We're going to be focusing mainly on that league, but we'll also be talking about the Turkish clubs in Europe and from time to time, of course, the national team as well. So I'm going to introduce my co-hosts first. I have two of them because we wanted to divide uh, the club affiliations a little bit. I'm going to start off with Burak Sezgin from England. Burak, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Khan. Um, so yeah, just a little introduction about myself to all the listeners. Uh, my name is Burak Sezgin. I'm 38 uh Born in London, so second-generation Turk, born here, uh, avid fan of Fenerbahce. I have been since, I'd say, the, the mid-90s, mid to early 90s, and supported them through through thick and thin. At the moment, it's very thin, as uh, my fellow Fenerbahce fans can imagine. Uh, and I'm looking forward to talking about the league with um, yourself and um, Ozzy. And that uh, transitions us in perfectly to the next introduction. Uzer Dinger, also from the UK in London. Uzer, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you, Khan. Yeah, my name's Uzer, although uh, most people call me Ozzy. And you might know me from Twitter as Red and Yellow under the name Atakos. Um, I'm a Galatasaray supporter, uh, born in London also, uh, but I've actually been living in Dublin for the last 12 months or so. Um, although you might find me just sipping a beer in a random European square based on my recent Twitter feed. So, yeah, looking forward to being part of the show. Really excited to have um, have the three of us here talking about our, our clubs. So let's get the ball rolling, so to speak. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, I'm quickly going to introduce myself as well. My name is Kam Bayezid. I'm from Belgium. I'm a Besiktas supporter. So with that, we have uh, a Besiktas, a Fenerbahce, and a Galatasaray supporter. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And for you, the listener, it's up to determine which one is which. Uh, I'm 30 years old. I just turned 30. And uh, like I said, uh, I'm from Belgium. And I've been following Turkish football for uh, two decades or more since I was quite young. Uh, and I've been covering the league as a, as a freelance sports writer for the last five years or so. But uh, yeah, I'm a big Bishtish fan, as some of you might already know. And that's uh, all I'm going to have to say. So let's get right into it. Uh, let's start off with uh, the European campaigns. We still have two Turkish clubs that are active in Europe right now. One of which is Fenerbahce. And Fenerbahce already played last Tuesday against Zenit St. Petersburg and they did well. They beat Zenit 1-0 at home. Um, let's get into that a little bit. Brock, did you manage to catch the game? Uh, yes, I caught the game. We have a um, channel called BT Sport here in the UK and because I get my internet via the same company, I get the sports channel for a discounted rate. So that channel shows all of the Europa and Champions League games. So I managed to watch all of our qualifying campaign. I was actually in Istanbul to see us beat Sparta Tunava 2-0 um, back in October. One of the worst games I've ever seen live. Um, <laughs> I say it was horrendous, um, even though I think Slavani got both of our goals that day. So he does have a use sometimes. And um, he ended up scoring against uh, Zenit last week. And it was actually a really well-taken goal. Um, I think it came from a cross or a corner. He went up for a header, uh, missed it. Um, but then as he was falling down, he managed to adjust his feet and slot the ball in 
underneath the goalkeeper. So that was a uh, nice for him. You know, it's not nice the four. He's probably not having a good time at the moment. Um, definitely not compared to his Porto Sporting Lisbon days when he was scoring headers for fun. Yeah. Um, I know you mentioned Khan as well that um, he just didn't get the service in Leicester and you know for the best part of the season the best cross or set piece taker for Fenerbahce has been Hassan Ali Kaldurum, um, which is not the best of options to have and then Ekiji came back he got injured um, which is just very Memon Ekiji yeah. thing to, to, to happen Um but I felt the first half that we played good attacking football. There was some good energy. Um, you know, bless the fans for being there and cheering the team on. And all going well in the first half. Probably should have converted more chances. And that's just you know, a lack of cutting edge in, in the final third from both Moses that day. And I'm still not sold on are you. Um, I just think he's a bit of a headless chicken. Run, run, run. No end product. Even though he has managed Except to against Besiktas, of course. <laughs> well, well, you know, the thing is, he, the big games, he, he kind of pops up and like, you know, sends a reminder that you know this is what you're paying me for, um, almost, you know. So we'll wait and see what happens next Monday in the derby against you guys, <laughs> as well. Let's see what what he does then. I hope he um, remains a headless chicken for that night. Um, but it, like you said, Islam Slimani, a rarity, pops up in front of the goal and actually gets one in the twenty first minute. And it, it really was all Fenerbahce in the opening forty minutes or so. Uh, Uzra, I don't know if you managed to catch the game. Um, I did. I did actually. Uh, and I, and I would say it's probably Fenerbahce's best game all season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and and I agree with Burak that maybe should have scored second or maybe third goal yeah. in, during that match to really kill kill the tie off. Um, but I was very impressed with 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 the show from Penera that evening. Yeah, and it was really a shame that it didn't happen. But you know, disaster could have struck as well because a couple of minutes before half time, of course, uh, Zinit popping their nose at the window for pretty much the first time all game, and and they immediately win themselves a penalty. Um, but uh, who else than Harun Tekin, the penalty killer from Bursa Spor, who's now, of course, playing for Fenerbahce, stops it in spectacular fashion. Uh, he manages to get his arm to it, I think, and it pops up against, uh, against the bar, uh, the top bar, and then he still manages to pounce back on before anyone can uh, come and rebound it in. And that was really most of the danger from Zenit throughout the game. You could really notice that, I think, they, they hadn't played a competitive match in uh, over a month or so. That's always the disadvantage Russian clubs have coming out of, uh, well, for us, the winter break, and, and which is, I guess, for them too, or whatever it is. But those early uh, January, February games uh, in in Europe, which is always in February, I'm not sure why I'm saying January, but those are always tough for them to get through. That's also, I think, why you don't see them go so far in Europe so frequently. Um, maybe a little bit of a wasted opportunity for Fenerbahce to really... Uh, get a good result, a two or a three nil, and and maybe put the the tie beyond Sydney in Petersburg, given the proportions of the match, how well they dominated, and 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 how little we saw of Zinit. I agree with that. I mean, the, I mean, second half came around and we fell off the pace a little bit. Um, I think we lacked that little bit of creativity in midfield. Obviously, we were missing Ekiji, um for that match, and obviously with. Benzia being Benzia and being out of the squad. Um, we had a registered to be Harzites to play. I think the players we registered were, were Sadduk, Tolgai and uh, Moses. And obviously Tolgai got injured in the warm-up 
bless him um out for a month thank you very much um you're welcome so yeah, no worries um, i'm sure he'll you know hopefully have a few good games a little bit later in the season but like so we just lacked that which we've lacked all season really that 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 killer final ball that killer final finish you know we've seen it all all season from players like like are you squandering chance upon chance slimani squandering chances i mean you can't I can't remember any like really amazing chances we had to to get a second goal to create it despite all the pressure we had on them. But you know, taking a positive out of it, it is one of the one of the best I've seen us play all season. But that's something we need to keep up for the ninety minutes rather than the forty five. I think Moses has invigorated the squad with his his pace and his his hunger. Um, I still think he's got a bit of um, a rusty first touch and when he's, he's starting his dribbles, they almost seem a little bit rusty and fortuitous sometimes when it goes past people. But he's not been playing regular football for Chelsea since the start of the season at all. So it's good to have that injection of, of pace. And of course, he follows the long line of you know Nigerian heritage that we've had in our, our team. Maybe safe for Emenike, who didn't have the best of times. But, you know, before him, we had some great Nigerian players. So he mentioned that he'd spoken to Emenike as well about coming to Fenerbahce. But, like I say, it's got to be tough going to St. Petersburg in that climate. Um, players trying to adjust to that weather. Uh, the fans as well in Russia. So... It's going to be I tough. Think, um, I think it'll be tough also because Zenit have a very strong home record this season in Europe. I think they've won every match in the uh, Europa League so far. Um, so that's that they'll they will probably be relying on on um, on getting a good result at home and defending well and, and sneaking a win there. So what, I'm just curious what you think, how you think Fener should approach the match in terms of what kind of style of football they should play. Maybe hold on to the one nil or maybe play a little bit more open. I would I would play open. I'd be you know I I, I wouldn't defend because mm-hmm. you know even though you know I love Sadik to bits but he's you know he's has looked a little bit sketchy at times. Maybe he's still trying to settle in. Um, I think Sardar Aziz looks really good. Um, the few times I've seen him, you know, he's clearing a ball, clearing his lines. Um, he's looked quite solid, but I don't think we've we've picked him for this, our squad. Um, the Europa squad um, I don't think so he can't play so you're looking at you know Skirtle Suddock Hassan Alikaldurum and Isla as a back four and I would I would go there and attack I wouldn't be too defensive I think you know, you know from what I've seen from Marison Yonel you know and his teams in, in the past yeah. when he's coached us previously he's he's an attacking coach and I would just go out and attack them yeah, he does defend. I mean, that's not what he does well. Yeah. We knew him for his kamikaze football, of course, in that uh, last yeah, championship uh, you guys won. Uh, but yeah, uh, let, let's, 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 let's close it down here. A tough game for Fenerbahce ahead, but they definitely have a good position. They're going into that second leg 1-0. Uh, let's get to uh, the other team that's still active in Europe. Let's get to Galatasaray and... They didn't bode so well, uh, Uzi. They they unfortunately didn't manage to get keep the result home. This match was played on Thursday, as most Europa League games are. The Fenerbahce match, of course, was placed on Tuesday, was played on Tuesday. Um, but Galatasaray lose at home one to two to uh, Benfica. 
um, after basically uh, coming behind quite early in the first half and then managing to pull things level via their new transfer, Luyen Dama, who's already scored his, uh, I believe, his second goal for the club now. Um, and then, of course, uh, 10 minutes later or so, Benfica take the lead again. But, Ozzy, did you manage to catch the game? Well, actually, um, I had I was flying to Madrid at the time of kickoff, which was the time exactly with my takeoff flight. So, unfortunately, I missed the game live. Um, but I've seen I've seen um, very extended highlights since then, um, and actually I managed to catch the last five minutes or so while uh, when, when I landed. But but I I was actually I was hugely disappointed by the result and the performance. Um, if if I if I was going to watch both games, uh, both the Fenerbahce game and the Galatasaray game, kind of in black and white, I, you I would have thought that the first match was Galatasaray playing, you know, playing at home, playing great, exciting football. And I would have expected Fenerbahce to have got the result that we got, to be honest, based on how form had been going for the last few months. So I was uh, extremely disappointed. What did you take, uh, think of the penalty, uh, both of you? What, what were your t- guys' take on it? Was it, a, it, was a, it was a handball, we can say that, but was it deliberate? Was it a penalty for you guys? Well, exactly. This is the, this is the age-old question. It's a handball in the box, yes. But was it deliberate, which is strictly the rule. So I didn't don't think it was a deliberate handball at all and and therefore I'd say it was a very harsh penalty which kind of took the sting out of out of our momentum to, to start with what do you what do you make of it Barak? well I didn't actually see the game um I was out for Valentine's Day so okay I, <laughs> that's understandable like, Barak uh, I completely yeah. understand that uh, so I, I saw the result and I thought oh, that's a bit shit um because <laughs> um, you know, it's good to see. I want the Turkish teams to do well, so the coefficient points go up. Yeah, for sure. So we can hang. Yeah, so likewise. So, likewise, yeah. So, so we can hang on to our points. So I think both these teams, you know, Fenerbahce are more than capable of beating St. Zenit, and Galatasaray are more than capable of going to Benfica and getting a result. Yeah, um, I mean, um, I think absolutely, it's, it's not it's not impossible for us to go there and win. Uh, I think 2008 or, or so, we uh, we did exactly that. I went to uh, Benfica's ground and beat them 2-0. I think we met Karan had a goal one day, and I can't remember the other the other striker. But nonetheless, it's, it's happened before, and there's no reason why it can't happen again. We are a good team. We have a decent squad, um, and it's only uh, it's only a one goal deficit. Um, it's just that I'm not sure if in the next couple of days we can become mentally prepared enough, especially with our new new signings. We can become integrated enough to be able to pull that off. That's my fear. And and Benfica have been on extraordinary form since since they signed the new coach. Um, so I don't know if they're going to be kind of in a position at home to, to, to basically to implode in the way that we need them to. Yeah, they have looked very formidable in recent uh, weeks, months, uh, coming off some mm, disappointing uh, two seasons or so for them because... Porto, of course, winning the league last year, uh, and and they were quite far behind Porto again, but they've closed the gap recently. Uh, of of course, they had that emphatic ten nil win uh, just before uh, their 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 game away at at Galstrai. But I, I did feel I I I kind of share your thoughts there on the penalty. I thought it was very harsh. Uh, I think that uh, Marcao, I think it was uh, he was initially he had this attacker in front of him, and and that guy went and fell tried trying to earn a penalty i guess yeah and then it kind of hit his arm he couldn't really know that ball was coming there i, f- I thought it was very uh, very harsh too 
Um, but Galtzrai did have the momentum before that, the opening 20 or so minutes. Uh, and, and then after the, the the goal, of course, it did take kind of the wind out of their sails. But then they got back into it through Luyen Dama in the, in the second half really early on. And I thought this was going to be the chance for them to go up and over Benfica. But I don't know, Benfica... Yeah, exactly. It, that, that kind of resurgence at the end of the second half mm-hmm. didn't really come about. We thought when... Um, when Louis and Dama got the equaliser, the fans would get behind the team and all the players would suddenly kind of spring to life. But it, it didn't really happen that way. And, and that yeah. was kind of, that was the deflating part of it for me. It wasn't, I mean, as well as the result, it was kind of the, the failure to, to wake up at the, sec, at the second part of the second half, which, which really disappointed me. Yeah, and, and Benfica, of course, in great form, but left quite a few of their key players at home weren't in their strongest lineup. I personally expected Galtzray to, to, to get a good result here myself. Uh, I mean, yeah. when we initially saw the draw of both Zenit and, and Benfica, I think we, we all kind of probably had the idea of, mm, that's going to be tough. But then heading into those games, you know, Fenerbahce kind of having a little bit of a resurgence, although the last two episodes in the league haven't been too positive, but they had those back-to-back wins at home. Uh, and, and Janal did seem to get a little bit of a spring of their, in their step again. Um, so I, I definitely could have seen them pull off a result given that Zenit also have that that, that, that that long break and then Benfica I really thought Galtzray were at least at home going to get a at least a draw or so which would have been yeah. a disappointment perhaps but oh I, absolutely and I, and I said that exactly the same thing on Twitter that call me arrogant but I would have been disappointed and upset mm-hmm. if we'd drawn the match yeah so so my shock and horror when I saw that we were 2-1 down at home I mean, it really, I'm still not over it, to be honest. I don't think it's arrogant at all. I mean, it's Galtzray, who have an f- f- incredible home reputation uh, yeah. in the league. They haven't lost in, in I, I don't know how long. How what, what was uh, it? It was, It's been about 650 days since we last lost at See, home in the league. It's more than two years. It's yeah. It's incredible. Well, not... Yeah. There yeah, goes, yeah. There goes almost, my yeah. amazing math skills. Um, <laughs> but let's move over to the Super League. Let's uh, move on to Friday's result. It was uh, Besiktas away at Yeni Malatya Spor. And Besiktas come away with a victory there, 1-2, to two, uh, after uh, taking the lead early in the second half. But before that, we already saw a red card for Yeni Malatya Spor's attacker Adam Buk. Uh, who uh, was sent off through VAR after he had initially received a yellow card for uh, planting the sole of his boot uh, in uh, Jermaine Lenz's hamstring. That was in the 38th minute. Uh, Bishtesh took the lead then in the second half through Atiba Hutchinson, uh, but Yeni Malatyaspor got back into it through Umar Shishmanulu, of course, scoring against his ex-club. But again, just a couple of minutes later, Adam Jajic gets Bishtesh back in front, uh, kicks the corner flag, gets himself a yellow card, and then he is suspended for the derby because he is not so bright. Uh, but Bishtesh do get their fourth win in five games. Uh, away at Malatyaspor, very difficult match. They had previously beaten, uh, I believe, Fenerbahce 1-0, Galtra 2-0, and, and Trabzonspor 5-0. So definitely not an easy away game, although it does have to be said that Malatyaspor were uh, weakened uh, this past January, lost a couple of key players, of course, with Sadiq going to Fenerbahce, Butaip leaving, uh, and they were also without uh, their new transfer, uh, Kamara, Abubakar Kamara from Fulham, who was injured. Uh, their goalkeeper was suspended, their starting goalkeeper, although I do have to say that uh, their replacement, 
played an incredible game. He saved, I think, like four or five 100% one-on-one opportunities. Uh, he had a great, fantastic match. I don't know if any of you ca- caught this game. I, I, I caught just the highlights of that, unfortunately, but it, it did sound um, like the goalkeeper had a, had a really extraordinary game. I just read a few things on Twitter at the time about that. So uh, I think basic dash could have it could have been three four had it not been had it not been that goalkeeper on the day. Uh, same, I saw the highlights on uh, being sports and just thought it was a really good solid performance by Bishik Tash. Um, great result. Um, obviously, quite happy that Leitch got booked because um, he's not going to be playing against us because we need all the help we can get right now. Um, I, I don't know how he managed to shatter the corner flag. I don't know what type of boots that man is wearing, but <laughs> they completely like almost John Wicked it completely in half. Um, yeah. But I think I think you said like Arden Buick was one of your ex um, yeah, academy players, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he is indeed. And uh, I do have to say that every time he plays against Bishop, I do have the feeling he plays with a huge chip on his shoulders. And I, I can kind of relate probably. I'm not really relate, but I can understand where he's coming from. I mean, never really got a fair look at Besiktas despite coming from the academy. I mean, if a guy like like Mustafa Pektimek can earn his living at Besiktas for as long as he has, then why wouldn't a guy like Adam Buick be able to do that? So I, I get it, um, but he just channels it uh, quite poorly. I don't know if you guys saw the position and what you thought about it. I, I, d- I do think your Buick is actually a very talented player, but like you say, it's, it's just his attitude kind of always got in the way of him being able to to funnel that down and to be able to become a kind of focused, well-rounded player. But he, he definitely has raw talent, I'd say. Did you What did you guys think of the red card position? I didn't actually see it. I just um, saw it on the app I use, what Live Soccer Scores. So I think I was out uh, that night as well. Um, so I saw the, saw the highlights, but I didn't watch the extended... Um, coverage of of the red card, so I'm gonna Arsene Wenger and say um, I didn't see it. <laughs> what about you, Ozzy? Did you catch it? Um, I'm gonna have to be honest and, and, and agree there and say the same. Okay. Um, but judging by by recent by by recent red cards in the Turkish league, I'd say I probably disagree with it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a pretty uh, uh, solid red. I mean, uh, I think it was Lenz who was on just near the halfway line passing the ball back to the defender and he just you know he's in between the ball and and, and Adam and Adam just I don't know for some reason he just goes and pep puts his foot on top of the the hamstring uh was just like yeah completely unnecessary it wasn't like to break down an attack or anything it, it just felt like a moment of I'm gonna you know when sometimes play, those, those players do that like step on a guy's foot just because they're a little frustrated it kind of just felt like that moment of frustration where he was gonna let his presence be felt, and uh, unfortunately, with VAR, for guys like this, unfortunately for them, you can't really do that anymore because you're gonna get caught. Uh, although we might get to uh, some other stuff later, where apparently VAR uh, has an on and off switch as well. Um, but let's move on to Saturday, uh, the Saturday results. Uh, the first one is Akisar against uh, Ankara Guju, and that one ended all square, nil nil. Uh, neither team really. Um, that's not a great result for neither team, really. Ankara. Akisar, sorry, staying uh, dead bottom at the table, uh, and Ankara Guju also in the relegation zone now with that result, uh, with 24 points, and, and, and Akisar just 18 points. Not much to say really about this match. I don't know if either of you caught it. Uh, no, nothing really to add to that. It's just that I just I, I hope that Ankara 
Stockbridge are able to pull themselves out of this troubled time because they're a great club with with heritage and, and a good good fan base. And I believe a, a brand new stadium as well, which opened a couple of weeks ago. So hopefully they can they can pull themselves out of this. Um, I'd like to echo the thoughts of Ozzy there. Um, so my mum's from Ankara, so I've always got a fond fondness for that team. Um, I saw my first Farabachi match against Ankara Gucci back in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, when I went to see them uh, with my family when we were on holiday. And, um, you know, they they we had all the hoo-ha with Ankara Spor and then Ankara Gucci and Ankara Gucci have come back. Um, so it's good to see them in in the league, and um, like Ozzy says, they've got you know a nice bit of history and heritage behind them. So, but if it's a choice between you know Fenerbahce and Ankaragücü, of course I'm going to say Fenerbahce, <laughs> and that's the kind of conversation we're having this season, yes, which is, which is um, quite... <laughs> you might really have to make that decision in a few months' time. Yeah, we're, we're of course picking up here on match day uh, 22. So for the remainder of the season, it's probably going to be a lot of glee from from Ozzy and myself about Fenerbahce's precarious position, but I do have a feeling that they might uh, uh, be uh, quite formidable next season, though. Um, but, yeah, not much to add, really, here. I, it is one of the few games I didn't manage to catch this weekend. Uh, I did watch uh, at least a part of the next game, which was Bursaspor against Chaiku Rizespor. And Chaiku Rizespor, a team that's really having a resurgence. They made some great transfers in January. Um, and they've been on a roll lately. They get the win 2-0 and uh, away at Bursaspor. Bursaspor, with that result, also just 24 points, if I'm not mistaken. Very close to that relegation zone. Um, they're in danger of uh, going down. and It's not the first time the last couple of seasons. And did you guys manage to catch what happened with Yusuf Erdogan in the game? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I'm, I'm curious to hear now the way you've set that up. Yeah, please, please, first. <laughs> Quite spectacular. He was being booed by his own fans, I think, around the 30 minute mark or so, and he demanded to be taken off uh, by coach Samet Ayababa. Uh, just wanted to walk off the pitch, a little bit reminiscent of uh, Eminike uh, a couple of years ago against Besiktas in the derby, uh, where he just walked off. Uh, but the, Yusuf kept his shirt on, though. Um, but yeah, very, very uh, out of character, perhaps. But Yusuf kind of, in my opinion, being one of their best players in recent weeks. Uh, and, and, and the fans turning against him here because things aren't really going their way. I, I get where he's coming from. But of course, yeah, walking off the pitch, that's not uh, the most professional thing. But Chaiko Rizespor get the win here. Very important win for them uh, because that moves them out of the relegation zone for the moment. Um and uh, that's uh, at, at a, a disadvantage of another club, uh, Ankara Gaju, of course, who dropped down now. Um, yeah. yeah. You... And Riza Spor have won four of the last five games. So they're, they're really on, on form uh, right now. And the other one was a draw against Antalya a couple of weeks ago. So they've done very well to uh, climb up to, I think, 12th position now. Um, but if you look at the points from 12th that all the way down to where Akisar are, there's only about a point between most clubs. So... It's going to be a really nail-biting next few months for the teams in the latter half of the table. But uh, yeah, Rizzo will be one to watch going forward, I think. Yeah. Atif Sheshu, of course, getting on the score sheet there for uh, Bursa Sport in the first half. And that's uh, that's quite interesting for, for you, Burak. And then Okechuku Azabuike getting on the score sheet in the second half in the 78 minutes. And it has to be said, Atif Sheshu already wearing the captain's armband at Riza now. Uh, of course, coming from Fenerbahce in January and... and 
I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it might have been a, a, a capital mistake on Fenerbahce's part because they gave away a good player for a team like that to a team that they're currently kind of dog in the dogfight with for relegation. Uh, that might not have been the smartest move on their part. Well, how many smart moves have we made this season, to be fair? so <laughs> Yeah. I hope that the art of situation doesn't come back to bite us on the arse, but we have to have to wait and see. And like this, the fact that he's been given the captain's armband straight away, um, maybe he's shown up to to this and someone's just put an arm around him um, and done a much better job of man managing him um, to be able to get the the best out of his talents, which he certainly does have. Yeah, I think he was spectacular at Sivaspor, of course, but I, I never really saw him as a as a top club level player, and I, I I never really got the transfer. If I'm quite honest with you, I think there's just players that can really stand out in in a certain level of club in the same league, but then at, when they make that next step uh, to the top teams, they can't really cope with that pressure, or they just don't have the, uh, the intricate quality to really make it there. Um, but let's get to the next game. Uh, the evening game on Saturday was Fenerbahce against Atikar Konyaspor. And Atikar Konyaspor, of course, uh, one of those candidates to play uh, Europa League football next season. Or maybe even Champions League football. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but this match ends all square uh, with uh, Adis Jahovic getting a red card for uh, Konyaspor in the first half in the 33rd minute. But it was Konyaspor who took the lead uh, through uh, Fofana. In the 38 minute, 36 minute, I'm sorry, but uh, Fenerbahce get the equalizer in the first minute of first half stoppage time through Jalson, and then there was were no more goals in this match. Um, two major VAR decisions. One was of course the Adisjaovic red card, and the second one was a disallowed goal from Alter Alper Potuk in the 85th minute. That was disallowed for an offside call, I believe, on Mehmet Topal. Uh, and then of course there was uh, that. Um, non-VAR call in the 12th minute where Martin Schertel got a, a yellow card. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Did well, you guys see that? Well, that was just Eastern European Kung Fu at its finest. I mean, in, he flew in. Yeah, I, I believe both feet left the ground. Yeah. Um, you, you saw the guy's leg, you know, after the game. Yeah. So he's, his studs have made contact. And I mean, how... Furat Bey has not given that as a red card with the help of VAR. I mean, I like I like Skirtle. I always kind of liked him at Liverpool because he was a bit of a, a bit of a thug, you know, the shaved heads, quite aggressive. And I like an aggressive, you know, centre back. You know, having had the likes of Luciano and Lugano play for us. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, what's he thinking? Doing that, I mean, you you've just come back from a red card for elbowing someone, and you think that is a good idea to launch yourself. I mean, I know Suddock kind of launched himself against St. Petersburg um, in a similar fashion, but took the ball completely and was not anywhere near the opposing player's leg. Mm-hmm. But you see it in GIF format, and you see it slowed down, and then you look at you know Yarovich's red card, and you think, well, he's got it completely wrong, and I know it's down to the referee's interpretation using VAR, and um, but if you if you're not interpreting interpreting that as a red and you've seen it from the different angles and in slow motion, then you know what 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 can I say? It was um, a. <laughs> 
it's just a shocking decision and probably kind of to appease us for the decisions we've had go against us in the past few weeks but it's old age term you know two wrongs don't yeah. make a right yeah. so I mean I don't know how he's not given Skirtle a red for that so yeah, I absolutely agree and and I think funnily enough the VAR is actually reducing <laughs> the quality of our refereeing this, mm. this is probably a, a conversation for a, di- for a different uh, episode because I'm sure you can talk for hours about, about this but um, yeah there's definitely no correlation between VAR usage and uh, ref Increasing quality of refereeing, at least what we've seen so far. I don't agree with that, actually. I think the, the overall quality has gone up this season of the refereeing. I think referees are far more confident to make decisions now. Uh, I do have the impression that the refereeing quality has gone up overall, but there just have been a couple of sort thumbs that have stuck out. Like uh, One of the biggest mistakes I can recall was that that Konya score penalty against Galtzrai. That was absolutely no penalty and then there's no VAR I think the worst thing isn't so much that, that that when VAR intervenes I think it when it doesn't intervene because here with the Skirtel position VAR didn't do anything there was no check there was no hey uh, come take a look at this here uh, because you know first and foremost of course Firat is standing like five meters away from it he's seeing it he's got a you know uh, front row seat for the show and he doesn't send them off that's the first big red flag but then I think the worst part is that VAR does not intervene there. Whereas I, I do have to say, Adis Jaovic, I think that was a correct decision, has to be sent off. But uh, it, it just feels weird that, that the VAR seems to be selective at times. Um, well, go back to when we played Basak Shehir mm-hmm. in Istanbul. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that was a game I was at because we were out for the Tanava game on a Thursday and we went to Basak Shehir on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And they had a goal disallowed for offside. Yeah. And we were watching it live in the stadium, so we don't get the benefit of the replay. But going back to the hotel, I went to a shisha cafe afterwards, as all Turks do after football, I guess, to, to <laughs> smoke and let off some steam, right? And I'm watching it on the Being Sports app. It's like he's on, he's so onside, it's funny. And apparently VAR had gone offline at that point. Yeah. And I'm like, and that that's was the official world word. The last 16 minutes, it was offline, supposedly. I mean, that is going back to like mid 90s Ali Shan type comedy. <laughs> so, I don't know. So, if Bashak who end up losing the title on the basis of a couple of points, you know, they can point to that as one instance to say, well, you know, we were robbed of three points. That, that's, that's probably the only point they'll get all season, though, where they got robbed of any points. I do have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Fenerbahce, of course, playing uh, 60, 70 odd minutes or something against 10 men. Go behind Fofana with a really nice goal. Dribbles past Sadik uh, with some nifty footwork and, of course, his speed. We all know he's very pacey. Uh, but Fenerbahce pulled that goal back uh, right before halftime. And then you do expect, okay, Fenerbahce is going to go up and over these guys. But uh, a lot of pounding on the door in the second half, and of course that disallowed goal, uh, which I'm, I'm going to ask your opinions about in just a minute, but no real end product except for that disallowed goal, of course, despite uh, some offensive substitutions. I think Andre Ayo came on as well. Uh, of course, Soldado was suspended here. Um, what did you guys think of the disallowed goal of uh, Alper Potok? I thought it was offside. Um I've seen it on the slow motion, and you can clearly say, see when the ball's played in. I think there's one or two of our players that are, are in front of the last corner defender. So I don't see any issue. 
yeah. with the goal being disallowed. Yeah, I initially thought there was a handball there, but I, I don't know if there was uh, as well. Uh, but yeah, not much to say, I think. And then let's move on to Sunday then. Uh, Sunday results, there was one in particular that really stood out, and that was the Erzurum Spore against Sivaspor. Erzurum Spore winning emphatically 4-2 to against uh, Dimmer Group Sivaspor, who are still kind of in contention for European football but they've kind of been on a downward slope as well since January of course they sold off Robinho uh, a very important result for Erzurum Sport their first win of 2019 in an emphatic way no less uh, two goals from uh, Samuel Eduk who they got from uh, Kasim Pasha I believe in January um, but the most noteworthy thing probably came after the match when uh, coach uh, Shifo Mehmet, uh, Mehmet Uzdilek of course was asked about uh, the match and he said said uh quote very disappointing defeat <laughs> um but it's just <laughs> one match we'll have to m- look forward to the next uh, game and one of the journalists in the room said um sir you won today oh right sorry uh yeah but it's just one win uh, we'll have to look forward to the next game so that was that was absolutely brilliant. I thought that was for me the highlight uh, of, of of match day uh, yeah. of the match day perhaps even <laughs> That was absolutely hilarious. These are the reasons why we love Turkish football. I mean, that was, yeah, that was just like straight out of a Kim Olsenar film. It's like, (laughs) you've you've watched your team win the match, Schiffer. You've you've literally watched yourselves win. It's almost like he's gone into autopilot mode. Right, like right, exactly. He, he's got his prepared script that he repeats. It's one game, we have to look ahead to the next game. It's like, and there's like, oh, we won. Well, it's only one game. We have to look ahead to it. He's just like, just changed his words slightly. <laughs> he, he just expected to lose so much. He was pre- preconditioned to think he was going to lose. Like you said, he had the script in his yeah. mind. He just, he just blurted it out thinking he'd lost the game. He, he, he just defies belief. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say, though, I've been rather impressed with Erzurum Spore in 2019. And, you know, actually, I don't think they belong to be that low on the table with that little points. They have gotten very unlucky this season. I think they've played some good football throughout the season, not just in 2019. But they, they've been left empty-handed in, in many games or in some games where they perhaps should have gotten a win. They got just a point. Same thing was true for Riza Spore, but they've really picked up steam now. Uh, and the scoring procedure here for this match was uh, they opened the score in the fourth minute through Yasmin Suk in the fourth minute, uh, but then Sergei Ribalka equalizes, uh, and then we saw the first goal of Eduk just uh, before uh, the half hour mark, and they go into the lead 2 1 at half time, but then um, Sevaspor get one back pretty quickly in the second half, in the 58th minute, they pull things level. Um, but then we saw another goal from Samuel Eduk late in the match uh, already. That was uh, no, sorry, that was the, on the hour mark. And then a little bit later, we saw Obertan make his first goal. Of course, the former Manchester United wonder kid. I don't know if I can call him that, but you uh, can't call it that. You're, just, <laughs> you're forbidden from calling him that. <laughs> but four-two uh, full-time Arsenal score, great result. And let's move on to the next one because I watched this match start to finish, and this was a very entertaining match. Trabzon. Spore Alanya Spore nil to two. Um, Alanya Spore really the black sheep. The Trouble Spore losing at home to Alanya Spore, and this was the sixth time they played against Alanya Spore, and they've only won once. Uh, and I believe they lost four times already. They're really their black sheep. And did you guys manage to catch this game because it was spectacular? 
I, I would like to say. Yeah, I was out all weekend. Uh, okay. So I literally caught L- most of the stuff let, let on, the, sketch, on the highlights. Let me sketch it for you. <laughs> Trabzonspor dominating early on. They win a penalty. Um, I believe, was it the start of the second half that they got that penalty? Yeah, that was just in the, in the 46th minute or so. They won a penalty. Uh, the, after already having dominated um, pretty much the first half, but not really creating that many clear-cut chances, there was one really good one for Abdulkadir Umur uh, with with a good f- uh, sh- first-time shot, but saved by Haidar. Second half, they start off immediately with a penalty. Uh, Hugo Rodallego, uh, Rodallega, sorry, second in the uh, goal king standings, uh, way behind, of course. Uh, Diagne uh, with 11 goals and Diagne already on 21 of course so 10 goal deficit there um, but he steps up to the plate steps up for the penalty he tries a Penenka hits the top bar and then of course as the ultimate um, Schlemiel uh, I don't know how to have to call it uh, he taps in the rebound and of course goal disallowed because penalty takers cannot tap in a rebound that does not come off the goalkeeper so it came off the bar no goal, free kick to Alanya Sport. Two minutes later, bam, at the other end, Papi Sisse, former Newcastle United man, of course, puts Alanya Sport in front. And then later on in the second half, we saw Sisse again for the second goal. And this was one of those matches where, I don't know, I think we've all had them where you... you I remember a game where, I don't know if it was this season or so, where Bistis, yeah, it was this season, I think. Bistis got a penalty early on, Ozan Yuzjakup misses it. And then they end up losing the game, and it just kind of felt like that here for Trabzonspor, where they had it in their own hands to get a penalty. If they score that, they're probably always going to win this match, and, and it ends up uh, 2-0 at home, uh, a defeat to uh, another struggling side that have been um, on form lately, Alanya Spor, of course, uh, coached by uh, Sergen Yalcin. I just say, I, I absolutely love it when someone tries a penenka and it fails. Um, yeah. oh, it's, so, it's real cringe, isn't it? I mean, when you pull it off, it looks great, but... I mean, because... I mean, Zidane nearly, you know, in that World Cup final 2006 against Italy, he he, he was so lucky his Panenka went in off the bar. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And and then uh, I have to add to that, Rodallega has taken seven penalties, uh, and he's missed four now, so maybe he should keep it a little simple next time. Wow, that's quite a shocking statistic. I wouldn't (laughs) let him take penalties. No, exactly. Um, And then the next match was Kayseri Spor against Gustep. And this was an important match. Both teams on 25 points before kickoff. Um, And and so was Alanya Spor, by the way. So all three of these, Gustep, Alanya Spor and Kayseri Spor, were on 25 points. Just one point above the relegation zone heading into this match day. Kayseri Spor ended up winning this one 2-1. Their second consecutive home victory. Um, and they, with that, give themselves some breathing space, as do Alanya Spor, now four points above the bar. Uh, a, a good result for, for, for Kayseri, but Gustepe, a very um, a team with history as well, lots of fans. They're kind of getting into that danger zone now, just one point above the, above the, above the bar. Sorry, uh, They did get a lead equalizer in the 82nd minute, Gustepe did, but um, Kayseri Spor did find a winner in the 88 minute and uh yeah they they do get themselves some precious three points there yeah and, and the sharp decline of gustapa is is really starting to worry me too because like you said they're a team like Ankara Guju that i really admire and respect and i and i really want to see them doing well but they haven't won a game since december mm-hmm. i think before christmas even and um 
it's it's really it's a shame to see them struggling so much because they are really going to be in a dangerous position in the coming weeks if they don't turn things around. Well, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, goes to bed and go to hell. Um, especially <laughs> after, especially after what Cameron Jerome did to Suddock. Um, right. So that's 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 boiled my blood, and especially after Shamil from Kaiseri took out Ekiji for like four to six weeks. I have I have no love for either of those clubs. You you just don't like clubs whose colours are red and yellow. Hey, none of you, you know, <laughs> in the Federal match, none of your players injured our players. We just had a nice little game of touch <laughs> rug, touch rugby at the end. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> that reminds me of that fantastic uh, press conference uh, Fenerbahce did to introduce their new players and where... Uh, who was it that asked Serdar Aziz who the fastest player of Galtzrai was because nobody could catch Jalson? That was, oh, God. That was class. It's Roman. That's probably, that's probably the best thing he's done all season, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the main event of uh, Sunday, and that was Kasim Pasha against Galtzrai. Uh, this one ends as the first match did between these two teams, 4-1 in favor of Galtzrai. Um, it, 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 it kind of gave off the impression of being competitive uh, the first 15 minutes when Mahmoud Trezeguet curled in a brilliant free kick on the edge of the area, past the wall in... Uh, probably Muslera should have had it though, but um, very nice free kick from Trezeguet. He once again confirms his quality with that, and I think he was pretty much the only man on Kazem Pasha that was really showing what he's capable of, but Galtzrai uh, up and over Kazem Pasha. Uh, first it was Belhanda with a fantastic shot from outside the box, uh, very hard. Maybe Skufet could have done something about it. It was quite central, I think, but so well struck that uh, I don't blame the Italian goalkeeper too much there. And then uh, Figuli with a hat-trick. So uh, that's not something you'll see every day. Um... <laughs> I'd, I'd say, well, not just every day, but we'll unlikely to see it again anytime soon. <laughs> I, 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 my, my dislike for Belhanda has been well publicized, shall we say? Well documented, since, indeed. Since, well documented, indeed. Since he signed for Galatasaray, um, but I, I, I'm perfectly happy to admit that that was probably his best performance in a red and yellow jersey. Yeah. Um, while I would also agree, however, that yeah, the goalkeeper should have done better in saving his shot for um, for his first goal at the weekend. But um, look, as long as he's contributing to the team, making uh, assists, and at least shooting the ball on the target, trying to score goals, then I'll, I'll, I'll keep my complaints down to a minimum. But let's keep things in perspective. This is a way against Kasim Pasha, who sold their best player to us, yeah. um, basically toothless going forward, apart from Trezeguet. And if guys like Belhanda and Faguli want to gain the respect and the adoration of fans, then they need to be performing like this in Europe on Thursday against Benfica. Because against Kasim Pasha, you know, we expect to win those games anyway. They need yes. to step up and really take responsibility in Europe. I did go um, into this match expecting exactly what happened. Um, Kasim Pasha have been uh, were kind of the revelation of the season, the first half of the season, where they did brilliantly for the first, say, 15 weeks or so, and they were uh, second in the rankings behind Bashakshir. And there was the, all this talk of the, the new uh, Istanbul revolution with both Bashakshir and Kasim Pasha. Uh, you know, standing proud at the top, but yeah. we have seen a strong decline in in in, in uh, Kasim Pasha's form. Of course, that came right after they trashed uh, my Besiktas four to one. <laughs> um, but uh, 
yeah, they've lost all five of their matches in, in 2019. Now they, they gather 29 points in the first half of the season, which for them, I think, is, is tremendous. But um, they might have to look down soon. Uh, the relegation zone still five points away for them. But given their form right now, it wouldn't surprise me if they uh, get involved in that tussle anytime soon. Um, so let's move on to Monday, uh, unless, uh, Burak, you have anything to add on this match. Um, no, I, I just think, you know, Aussie should be thanking Gileson because he looks like he slapped some sets into Belhanda and, he, and he's been putting <laughs> some great performances. Um, <laughs> but well, for, for Goody Hattrick, I mean, I was just, I was looking at the results as they were coming in because I, I was driving at the time and every time I'd stop at a red light, I'd look at live score and the goal count kept going up. Now I was, I was thinking, okay, has uh, you know Diagne scored? Has Diagne scored? Um, <laughs> no, it was like it was Faguli just banged in a hat trick, and I thought, yeah. bloody hell, he's done well. Um, yeah, and actually, his 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 form has really improved since the Porto match, since the home match we played in the Champions League. So. Uh, there's definitely been a uh, great contribution he's made in the last month or so. Definitely has been stepping up to the plate lately. Um, maybe the only thing we could still talk about when it comes to this match is is, is Mbaye Diagne perhaps a little bit underwhelming so far for Galtzray? Yeah, underwhelming. I mean, he scored one goal on his, on his debut, the penalty, which is, you know, mm -hmm. fair enough. That's good to get off the mark. But it's... His contribution is quite lackluster. He he seems quite lazy, quite mm -hmm. static up front. He's had a few pretty good chances to 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 score from open play, and he's hit it wide. And I think the more worrying thing is is his body language, yeah. his facial expression. He seems kind of annoyed and angry and complacent a lot. He's really on the edge when it comes to his discipline as well. He could, he could have been sent off twice in the last two games, quite mm -hmm. frankly, and yes, probably right. should have been too. So I think. He, Terim really needs to give him a, a serious talking to to make sure that he doesn't become a liability for us because we have a lot of important games coming up very soon. So if we're going to have to, we're going to have to start winning these games. So we're going to need Diagne to be on top form mentally as well as as well as physically. Yeah, I'm I'm predicting he scores against Benfica. Really? Let's hope so. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's going to get a brace actually, like oh, two goals. This yeah. Music to my ears. But I'll just keep a clean sheet. That's the other question. So next week we'll uh, determine whether <laughs> Burak is a seer or a jinx. Um, yeah. Let's move on to the last match of the of the match day that was on Monday, where the beloved by all leaders Bashakshi here take on Antalya Sport in Antalya, and this match ends zero to one. This match finished uh, only a couple of hours ago. Bashakshi here with another. Uh, narrow victory, edging out uh, Antalya Spor here. Um, one nil through a goal of uh, their uh, debuting uh, left back, whose name eludes me right now. The the Russian guy. Uh, he got the goal for Bashakshir, and it was a. I don't know if you managed to watch this, guys, uh, but it was a pretty even game, I'd say. Although Bashakshir is quite wasteful at times, but Antalya Spor also having their chances right before the opening goal. They had a couple of uh, big chances, but uh, Bashakshir showing their quality and sense of organization and, and their ability to sit on a one-goal lead and, and just you know uh, bring it over the finish line. Yeah, I, I did actually catch this game, um, and I agree that it was a relatively even match. Actually, Antalya impressed me quite a bit, also because they were able to almost fill up their stadium. 
um, at their home stadium compared to Bashakshi, who sold one ticket, according to the rumors, which That's is, true, uh, yeah. I mean, ridiculous. There's a picture laughable. of that. It's a joke. Yeah, there's a picture of the guy sitting, watching the game. Um, yeah. So I think Antalya, they, they whipped in a lot of balls into the box, but they were really quite aimless balls. They yeah. just didn't have enough quality in the final third to cause Bashakshi in much trouble. But no real striker. With, no real striker, indeed. But but the useful thing, what it does show is that Bashak Shahir in defence can be unwrapped with some some ease. If you have a little bit of quality up front, you can cause Bashak Shahir damage. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, and Antalya, with, with, without that quality, almost did that a couple of times. So it should be um, something that should be studied by Galatasaray and Besiktas in the next couple of weeks going forward. And it was uh, Fedor Kudryashov who scored on his debut for Bershakshir, by the way. Just uh, oh, looked yes. it up quickly. Uh, Burak, did you manage to catch the game or uh, were you in the car? <laughs> you were in the car. Uh, Why am I asking? I know. Um, this was Monday night's game, wasn't it? This was today, yeah. This was today. I was, in, I was on a train. Um, right, in the train. Oh, excuse yeah. me. For, pardon my ignorance. <laughs> it's, it's train, so I was um, just keeping yeah, up. Right, Exactly, <laughs> the right form of transport. So I was in the, um, yeah, I was on the train on the way back. So it, you know, when the games are early kickoffs, it's quite tough for me to try and try and watch the Friday or the the Monday ones. So if Fenerbahce are scheduled to play on a Friday or Monday, then I try to to work from home that day. Um, so oh, you know, on that note, you should uh, you should put that on your calendar for for Monday, next Monday then. It's already yeah, been requested and approved. Yeah. Oh, good man. <laughs> requested good man. and approved. So I don't know if that's a, a good thing or a bad thing. We'll, you know, we'll we'll see come the end of the match if that was the right decision or not. I guess. <laughs> now, before we, we we jump into the standings now, I just want to say this about Bashakshir because they've gotten so much praise in the media in in the last. I don't know how many months, but I do have to say, I mean, 35 points. Okay, it should have probably been 37 because of that disallowed goal against Fenerbahce, but not a spectacular run in the first half of the season, in my opinion. Just a very weak performance with from both Galtzray and Besiktas, uh, and, and of course, you know, Fenerbahce. Um, I think it's it's they have... They have not really impressed me this season, Bashakshir. Uh, coming out of the gate in, this, in 2019, there were a couple of impressive performances from them where they won pretty easily, but Erzurum Spore last week, was they struggled a lot. You could see that there was nervosity within the team, especially when they conceded. There was They were very nervous. Uh, and again today, I mean, it, it, it definitely wasn't... Uh, they did win, they, they held out, but this could have very easily ended 1-1, I think. Uh, could have also ended 2-0 because they missed quite a few chances but I can't help but feel that Galtzray and even Besiktas still have a chance despite the gap uh, of course the gap being 6 points to Galtzray 9 to Besiktas and let's get into the standings unless uh, any, either of you want to chime in on, on, on Besiktas uh, impressiveness or lack thereof just uh, no, nothing, nothing really additional from my side no I like. I think you you're quite right, Khan. The um, the Galatasaray and Besiktas not playing to their best in the first half of the season and having a few results go against them is probably why Bosak Shahir are yeah as far away as they are because you know you know Fenerbahce is just a horror show. So let's just forget us for the time being. We're trying to avoid relegation um, down there, but you know with um. 
guards on um, Besiktas if they had you know had a few few decisions go their way or had managed to pick up a few more points then it would be a lot tighter at the top and I mean no one really wants to see Basak Shahidu in the league no that's the I mean, thing I mean yeah. they, they, no, nobody really has any sympathy for this club they don't even yeah. have their own fans if it was literally any other Turkish club um, then you know they'd, they'd be able to Wrap, wrap, wrap up some sympathy from opposing fans or whatever, yeah. but there's no, nothing, you know, like Bursa, apart from Fenerbahce that season, everyone wanted Bursa to do well, you know, because it was mm-hmm. going to cause, you know, something memorable for Turkish football, it was going to cause some progress, give a bit of diversity, variation, etc. But Başak Şehir are quite literally a fake club. They don't even yeah. have fake fans, they have no fans. So, it would be a real travesty for it, Turkish football. It, it well, although, of... I, I would just like to say that I am a big fan of Abdullah Avcı, I think he's a great coach and he has a very bright future. So if, if they were to yeah. win the league, I suppose I could be pleased for him on a personal level. But other than that... I mean, he's tied his future to this club, really. He just signed a five-year yeah, that's extension. True. That's uh, true. And, and is he really that good? He gets hyped so much. Uh, to me, in the past couple of seasons, he's kind of been ex- exposed a few times. First, Dick Advocat really expo- exposed him. Uh, I could Kojaman did it too last season. I, I think with Bashakshir is they have a really good plan A. But if that doesn't work, I have I every game where their plan A seems to fail, Avci doesn't have those tactical injections that that suddenly manage to turn things around. He doesn't really have a plan B or a plan C. For example, he's he's really had Channel Gunesh's number, but Channel Gunesh has been absolutely, uh, yeah, he's, he's flat out refused to adjust to Avci. And I think the thing with Avci is if you adjust to him uh, and and show him the proper respect, like like Advocat and Aykut did. Uh, you can really make it difficult for them, especially if you have the quality um, at your disposal in terms of players. So uh, I, I, I'm not on that bandwagon. I, I respect what he's done. I think he's a good coach, but I don't... Like some people call him the Turkish Diego Simeone. I mean, that's a little bit of well, a stretch for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that, that's a stretch, especially given his, uh, well, abysmal European record. Um, yeah, and not just that, I mean... sabotages the club. Chances, Not just but, that, um, he chokes under pressure too. I mean, mm. two years ago he was fi- they were fighting for Be- with Bistec for the title. Uh, they were kind of in a lost position, and then they played Bistec. I think they were like seven points or so behind, or four points. I don't remember exactly. Uh, and it was kind of like do or die for them. And then you can see that when it's do or die, and and it's their last chance, kind of they're coming from this underdog role. Then they can get that win. But as soon as they got into a good position again they just started dropping the the points and 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 choking under pressure and i think that's what happened last season too where in my opinion it was theirs to win uh because galtzerai early on i mean they they had a new team very new team and uh they were not always as good on the road especially under tudor especially i think bishakshir dropped a lot of points there where they probably could have won the league as well uh and again this season uh they i think the thing for them now is heading into this final four to five weeks. If they can have a decent lead, I think they'll probably end up winning it. But I think if they have, like, say, a four-point lead heading into those final four weeks and they still have to go away to Galtzrai, 
I, I don't think it's gonna happen for them if, if that's uh, gonna be the case. Um, but let's, uh, let's let's head into the standings quickly. Uh, Bashakshir, of course, uh, top of the table with 48 points. Uh, second is Galtzrai with 42 points, six points behind the leaders. Then there's another three-point drop-off to Besiktas, and then we have a five-point drop-off to fourth place, and that's Malatya Spor, but also uh, Atikar Konya Spor are on 34 points, and we also have uh, Trabzonspor at 33, and then uh, Sivaspor at 30. One point, so uh, those teams are competing for European football for that fourth spot, which gives right to uh, Europa League qualifiers. I think currently, in my opinion, the favorite is probably Konya Sport because they have looked the most solid out of these teams. Um, let's go down to the bottom of the table. Of course, dead bottom is Akisar with 18 points. Then we have Erzurum Sport with 21 points, of course, after their win this weekend. And then we have a couple of teams that are uh, all on 24 points. There's uh, Ankara Gujur, Fenerbahce and Bursa Spor who are on 24 points. And then we have uh, Gustepe, Chaiku, Rize Spor um, who are on 25. And then uh, Alanya Spor and, and Kaisri are on 28. So they're... Uh, for the moment, at least, seem to be safe. Antalya Spor is on 29, and so is Kasim Pasha. So that's the entire table. Um, very interesting at the bottom. Very not so interesting at the top at the moment, I'd say. Uh, we do need a, another slip-up or so from Bashakshir before it gets really interesting. But that bottom, that relegation battle is, 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 is great to watch if you're not a Fenerbahce fan, I think. Oh, and uh, a fan of the other teams, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'd said that the top three are just going to wrestle amongst themselves, so that the teams in there won't really move around much, uh, apart from amongst each other. But looking down, it's going to be a really uh, exciting finish to the season. I mean, every week, the, the 14, 15, 16th position could change. Yeah. Um, actually, even up from 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. And and it's a shame because the clubs in that bracket are Gostepe, Borsa, Fener, yeah. and Ankaragujim. So all teams with good, solid fan bases, uh, and who should really be punching much higher than they are right now. So yeah, the yeah, every, of every, Bursa every, sport especially, every, right? Yeah, yeah. They've every match so... is going to be a final, as I say. Yeah, for sure. Um... Let's uh, look at next week's fixtures. Uh, on initially, we have two games on Friday. It's going to be Gustepe, who take on uh, Trabzonspor at uh, 8.30 local time. Chaiko Rizespor take on Malatyaspor. That's uh, an interesting game, perhaps not well for the relegation zone, I think not so much. Uh, so that's the, the games on, on, on Friday. Gustepe, of course, would do well to get a result there. Uh, both matches are at 8.30 local time. That'll be um, that's 5.30 in the UK, I believe. That's and correct, yeah. And yep. 6.30 in Central European time. I'm not going to figure out what it is in Eastern Euro Eastern Standard or all that stuff. Uh, that's too complicated. Um, then on Saturday, we have Demir Group Sivaspor at 1.30 local time against Antalya Spor. We have Alanya Spor uh, at 4 o'clock uh, local time against Kasim Pasha. That's going to be an interesting match, I think. Uh, Bashakshi here against Bursa Spor. That's another important match at 7 local time. Uh, Bursa Spor would do well to get a point or three. 
And then on Sunday, we have another bunch of games. Ankaragücü takes on Erzurum Sport at 1.30. We have Konya Sport taking on Kayseri Sport at 4. And then we have Galatasaray taking on uh, dead last Akisar at 7. But Akisar have proven to be torn in Galatasaray's side in recent months. Um, they've beaten them... Uh, what is it? Uh, in the Super Cup, in the Cup Final, and in, in the league this season, I think. So uh, definitely not... Uh, uh, a shoe in for a win there, but Gals right home, of course, strong. And then on Monday we have uh, probably the the biggest match of this match day, match day 23. We have Besiktas taking on Fenerbahce at nine o'clock local time. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's it for 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 this weekend. Which games jump out to you guys, except for of course the obvious one. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be watching that game with the popcorn in my hand, as as one of you guys alluded to <laughs> earlier on. So whatever happens, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, but uh, I'm 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 actually quite keen to see Konya Kayseri. I think that could be a could be a mm-hmm. good game. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Konya, of course, uh, will want to get a win now after uh, I think two draws in a row, and they want to get that European ticket for sure. I think. Mm. Yeah, um, I like I like watching Konya when they play at home. They always have. Um, not for sure. Passionate fans, fans, good atmosphere, and you know, I, I think that they're in a good position to get that fourth spot. Okay, um, Burak, any match that jumps out to you, except for the derby, of course. Well, I've I've got all my eggs in one basket for the derby. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I like to see Malachi and Konya do well because they're they're managed by ex Fenerbahce players. Um, so, I mean, I, I enjoyed seeing. When Konya played Malatya Sport, just because it always reminds me of the two-one, yeah, and it just it's Errol, it's Errol and Eichel, and that's like the ninety-five, ninety-six season goal when <laughs> when you know Errol crossed it in, Eichel heads it in, two-one, which sports dreams were shattered. <laughs> in in indeed, so I, I remember watching that on TV with my family in in St Albans where I live, so that so has got fond memories, but. Looking forward to the derby. I mean, Soldado's going to be back, so I think we should start him. Um, I would have liked to have seen Zaitz got, get more time against Connor I'd expect him to start. And But we're playing at um, uh, Vodafone, Vodafone, and that's just, you know, a cauldron of noise. And... I just I just hope that it's a it's a it's a good game because there's been bad blood for the last couple of seasons for various reasons you know referees players coaches chairman um, I'm just hoping you know Ali Koch goes there with his, his group of men and they have a good you know just sit down dinner before the game and and we see see a good game of football um, with with very little. Controversy. Controversy, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you expect a bit of bite because it's a derby, so there'll be some challenges going in. But I think as long as the players try not to lose their heads, um, for me, for me, looking at it as a fan, look how, looking at our performances and looking at how Besiktas have been playing in their form, you know, and, you know, we're going to Russia as well on the 21st, yeah. which should be good. So... There might be, we might have some injuries uh, to think about potentially if someone gets like messed up by like a flying Russian challenge um, over there. Well, so, Skirtel did play for Zanian, so maybe it learned he learned it there. 
exactly. And you know, they've got Ivanovic as well, who's you know right. quite quite beefy, and he likes getting stuck in. So hopefully, you know, we we come back with a little injuries. But I would I would start Soldado um, up front, and I would I would start with Dinar and and Moses. I would I would bench Ayu because um, I just think you you yeah, Dinar good against Konya. Yeah, no, he seems to have built up a good understanding with um, Isla on the right-hand side. Now Isla can attack a little bit more. Um, but he, he does like getting booked as well. So he's like, he's... <laughs> well, That doesn't matter in these derbies there. You're allowed to get booked. Um, but yeah, that I think that'll cover our coverage for this match day of the Turkish Super League. And of course, our European... Uh, pre- we all already kind of previewed the, the return legs. Is there anything else you guys want to add before uh, we... Uh, close the show out the first one um yeah so um, um we had um alex de souza return to fenerbahce at the weekend and it was just good to see him and i both come out with statements to put to bed any bad blood um because there have been god knows how many rumors going going around with the way alex left the club when i was manager and that's you know hung over the club for a while, it's hung over Alex's head. It's hung over Eichel's head. So it was good to see Alex return and you know have a smile on his face, be positive, meet the players. And then you know you had Eichel's press conference um, saying you know there are no issues that we work together in a tough time. And then you had Alex's posts on social media saying you know I've got no bad feelings. I just remember the good times. And hopefully. I th- that just puts the nail in the coffin of any more rumours and internal fights between Fenerbahce fans to say, look, these guys, have they've kissed and made up, they're grown adults, now let's worry about finishing off the rest of the season. So from a Fenerbahce fan perspective, that was nice to see. And, you know, I think, you know Alex is one of, the, one of the, the greatest foreign players to play in the, the, the Turkish league. Um, no doubt, yeah. Yeah. No doubt. yeah. So it's good to see that almost reach like a happy, you know, what's a happy closure, uh, shall we say. Um, and just to see him smiling with all his like 56 teeth again, <laughs> which is which is a sight we miss. As I mean, uh, for me, from from actively watching, because I was quite young when Haji was uh, at Gals Rice. So for me, really, Alex, from what I've seen, is is the goat in Turkish football, but of course, like I said, little asterisks there because I didn't really see Haji that consciously as a so you you two might have, um, but but definitely Alex, fantastic player, and it was a shame how he left the club. So it's good to, to Fenerbahce fans got some closure there. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that'll do it for for this episode, the first inaugural episode. Uh, Burak, thank you very much, and Ozi, thank you very much. Uh, please plug your personal Twitter account so people know where to find you on the Twitter. I'm, I'm on Atakaz, A-T-A-Q-O-Z, red and yellow. And I am at uh, Barakiosaurus. So <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a mixture of um, Burak, Io, and Saurus. Um, and it give, give me a follow. The, the, the talk will mainly be about football, wrestling, and food. So... 
And for me, uh, you can follow me, Kamba, as at Rezerian, R-A-Z-Z-E-R-I-A-N. I'm already well practiced in doing that, of course, guys. Uh, <laughs> that'll do it for us. We don't really have a Twitter account yet for the podcast, but we will have one soon. We'll just have to see what kind of handle is available. But uh, thank you for listening to the first inaugural episode of Football a la Turca. And we'll be back real soon next week. Tuesday again thank you very much for listening guys thank you very much for being part of this uh, exciting new project and I hope uh, we'll be doing this for a very long time to come yes absolute pleasure I, I'm sure it's the start of something beautiful nice one Anna good luck to you boys against Benfica uh, midweek yes was it? thanks very much and good luck against Zenit right let's smash them and go through to the next round yeah and maybe we can meet each other in the last 16 that would be great oh <laughs> uh, there's in the final maybe <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> then I'll be yeah. watching with popcorn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>